Take your Bibles, if you would. Let's open the Word of God to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Thank you so much for uh, being patient with us and allowing the extra things that are taking place here today. And uh, I'm not going to belabor the time. I'm aware of what time it is. And we have fellowship afterwards. I want to invite you to stay. Dearing on the ground, it's going to be good. And so I want to share a few brief things, and then we'll go right to it, all right? Matthew chapter 4. Let me say, um, we'll begin reading in verse 17 and read down through verse 20. All right, so if you found your place, we'll stand for the reading of God's Word. We want to begin with prayer, and then we'll begin reading in verse 17. All right, so let's pray together. Father, how we love you today. How we thank you for your word and your love for us. Lord, we thank you today for loving us for who we are. Lord, not because we're worthy, because we certainly are not. But you're worthy of our praise and our love and our adoration And you're worthy of our attention. Lord, so help us to give it these few moments. May we truly consider the words that you've given to us. And may we give our undivided attention to the scriptures in these few moments. And we pray, dear Holy Spirit, that you would apply them to our heart, our life, just as you would a little child. May we receive them so. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. I want to call your attention to verse 19, if I may. The Bible says, And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I want to preach a message today that I've entitled simply this, Answering the Call. Answering the Call. Jesus went about doing good, the Bible says. He began his earthly ministry, and as he interacted with those who we would one day call the disciples, the twelve, the chosen. He issued a call to them, much like he did here, to Andrew and, uh, and to Peter. And the Bible says that he, walking by them, said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they did. What about you today? Would you follow him? Would you straightway follow the Lord? The Bible says there that they followed him, which means ultimately they had to forsake the the fishing. They They had to drop their nets. They had to walk away from their father and the family vessel. Would you be willing to do that, to follow Jesus? This morning I'm asking, would you answer the call? Follow me. You know, Jesus doesn't want just fans He wants followers. And those who know him as Savior know him best. They know his heart. And for those 
God extends, I believe, that same call. Follow me. He whispers to us all. In Acts chapter 9, we have the conversion of what we would call today a terrorist. It was Saul of Tarsus, the guy that God used, and he wreaked havoc in the church. But as you know, God allowed that because the command for the church, for the believers at that time, was to go everywhere preaching the gospel. But the Bible says they didn't. They stayed in Jerusalem. And as a result, God sent something that would scatter them abroad. And when they were scattered, so also was the message of the gospel scattered among others. And God used Saul of Tarsus. God used that terrible terror to get his word to the hearts and minds of others who needed to hear it most. In Acts chapter 9, verse 5, we have the call to salvation. As the Lord Jesus revealed himself to Saul of Tarsus, that Pharisee of the Pharisees who thought he was doing God a service by disrupting the church and persecuting Christians. In verse 6, we see the call to discipleship. As Saul began to follow the Lord and God showed him what to do. And in verse 20, we see the call to service. The Bible says, you know the story. He went and stayed in Ananias' house, and and those scales eventually fell from his eyes, you know, the ones that were formed by that bright light from the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says when he got up from there, he straightway began to preach the word of God. And he's the only person, the Bible says this of, but he was able to convince the Jews through the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ, powerful preacher in his day, the call to service. God may not be calling you to be a preacher, and he may not be calling you to be a missionary, but God calls all of his children to serve. So I ask you today, are you answering the call? Have you answered the call? Will you answer the call today? Everyone who knows the Lord is their Savior follows in these same footsteps. We all receive a call. I believe it's a threefold call that I want to share with you this morning. Number one, Every believer gets the call. It's a call to follow. Notice what Jesus said. He didn't say preach the word. He didn't say be a missionary. He said, follow me. I believe God expects every every true believer to be a follower. Not just a fan. Not just someone who's watching on the sidelines. But someone who's attempting. Someone who's striving to be a true follower of Jesus Christ. And what is a true follower? A true follower is someone who obeys the teachings of the Lord, who follows God's instructions, who's a student of the word. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn. Look at this scripture in Luke chapter 6. Just two books over from where you are. Luke chapter 6, in verse 46. Notice the question that Jesus asked. In verse 46, Jesus says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? How do you answer a question like that? And at the same time, and with the same emphasis, how can you be a true follower of the Lord and not really carry out his teachings and not really listen to his instructions? Jesus told a story one day and he said, Excuse me. <clears throat> he said, the man that 
takes these teachings of mine and obeys them. He said, he's like the man that built his house on a rock. And the rains came and the winds blew and beat upon that house, he said, and it stood because it was founded on a rock. But he said, when you don't listen to these sayings and you don't follow the teachings of the Lord, you're like the guy that built his house on the sand. And when the rains come and the winds beat against that house, guess what? It fell. And great was the fall of it. Why? Because it, was, it had no foundation. You know, that, that story keeps coming back to my mind over and over as I hear people talk today, as I hear discussions going on, because I realize in our world today, we've pushed God so far in the corner that we're basing all of what we do on theory and opinion and philosophy and thoughts and intellect. And I'm telling you, all of that is sinking sand. Without the foundation of God's word, without truth, we have no foundation. If we are reduced to your opinion versus my opinion, then we're in a sad state. We're both wrong. How do you determine who's right when there's no authority? That's why everybody can have their own truth. In its own package. The problem with that kind of truth is that it can't exist everywhere. Because that kind of truth collides with someone else's truth. And their truth doesn't fit in with someone else's truth. And you got all these versions of the truth. And really what they are is they're perversions. They're really not the truth at all. They're fabrications of our mind and our heart. They're, they're imaginations that we've created. No wonder Paul said what he did about the mind and the thought and bringing every thought to captivity and to the obedience of Christ. Because if we do not establish what truth is, then there is no rule of law. And there is no way to judge. There cannot be true reconciliation or harmony when there is no truth. Think about that. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and do not the things which I say? And so why would we say I'm saved and then live like the devil? Why would we consider ourselves a disciple and not obedient to the Lord in our daily lives? In order to be a real follower, you have to live what you learn and you have to listen with your heart. Our intent should always be that we're going to obey the Lord. Yes is our answer. Now, Lord, just tell me what to do. Now, when you do that, you may end up on a mission field somewhere. And that mission field might be your neighborhood. It might be the next city. It might be a bus route somewhere. It might be a Sunday school class. Who knows? Or it may be a foreign country. But I'm saying this to the heart that's truly yielded to the Lord and the heart that truly loves God. Does it matter? No. Ask them. You heard them call it home. Ask them. They'll tell you, hey, when you love God, you love what he loves. And nobody is truly miserable in the Lord's service who truly loves the Lord like they should. Isn't that good? It's good to know that. We fear that. I don't know why. That's just the flesh getting in the way, I think. But the call is a call to follow. Number two, it's a call to forsake. I said a moment ago that the disciples, in order to follow the Lord, they had to forsake their nets. 
they had to forsake their ship. <clears throat> they had to forsake the family business because they were fishers, the Bible says. And it does state that in another passage. I'll not go there for time's sake. But the Bible tells us that we too have to forsake some things. If we're going to follow the Lord, we're going to have to forsake. The Bible says in Hebrews 12:1 that we have to lay aside some things. We have to lay aside those weights and the sin that so easily doth beset us, the Bible says. So let's talk about those for a moment. If you're going to follow the Lord as a true follower of Jesus Christ, then you have to be willing to forsake some things. Things that would get in the way of your service to God. Weights were mentioned first. And what is a weight? To a runner, a weight is something that would slow them down. They use weights for training to gain strength and speed. But in the race, they throw all of that aside because the weight would slow them down in the race. In our life, the Bible compares it to a race. And it says that we're running our race for the Lord. And let us run it with patience. <clears throat> right? In other words, let us run it with endurance, thinking of the long term. If you're going to live for God on the long term, guess what? You're going to have to lay aside some weights. I don't know what your weights are. But in that sense, the meaning was weights would things that would, they, they are things that would get in the way of you accomplishing what God has given you to do. Not sins, but things that would slow you down, things that would cause you not to reach the goal as God intended for it to be. Those things are different for different people. I think this kind of understanding, this is why people give up certain things in order to have more time to serve God. They give up certain things, not bad things, things that would slow them down. For some people, it may be their hobby. For, for other people, it, it may be uh, an activity in life. Uh, there's a lot of things that could fit that description. This morning, only you can decide if there's something in your life that hinders you from serving God. Some kind of weight that, that slows you down. The question is, are you willing to forsake? Do you love God more than that? Would you put it aside if it kept you from being what God wanted you to be? In their mind, the answer was absolutely yes. And then also forsaking the sin. The things that trip you up, the things that prevent you, not slow you down, but prevent you. The things that incapacitate you. Serving God the way he wants. A call to follow. A call to forsake. You know, we can't truly say we love God the way we should if we're not willing to forsake some things for him. He gave it all for us. How could we do any less? But this call is not only a call to follow and a call to forsake. Like it or not, it's a call to fish. You say, Pastor, I ain't much of a fisherman. Well, join the crowd because I'm not either. <laughs> but we're called to it. I was thinking about this passage and I thought, man, you know, fishing is part of every Christian's experience. It's part of the work of God to be fishers of men. It, 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 you know, it would kind of be like this. It would kind of be like if you were looking for a job and you got a call and went to an interview to work for a fish factory. Let's say you decided to take the job because when you're a believer, that's the condition you're in. You decided to take the job. So now you work at the fish factory. 
And you may not be out there with a fishing pole, bringing them in one at a time. You may not be out there pulling in the net, bringing them in ton by ton. You, you may be the one who washes the nets. You may be the one who unloads the fish onto the assembly line. You, you may be one who cleans the fish. You may be one who folds the nets for the next trip. You may be one who loads the ship for the next haul. But in some way, shape, or form, everybody's job connects to catching fish. That's what we're here for. And you know what? That's what ministry is. And so if you're floating along in the Christian life and you're not doing something to help the fishing, then what are you doing? It's great to come into church and say, boy, that was a good sermon. It's great to sit here and listen and say, wow, those missionaries can really sing. But when we leave here, what are we doing about the fish? Because the call wasn't just to follow Jesus and be in his presence. We're to be in his presence so that we can catch fish. Catch men. I want to ask you today, what is your part in God's plan? What are you doing to fish for men? The call to follow the Lord is a call to fish. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and ye shall be witnesses. You know what a witness does? A witness tells what they know. Who are you telling? You say, well, pastor, I don't know all those verses in the Bible. You don't have to. Just tell people what Jesus did for you. Who are you telling? How are you telling? Acts chapter, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is a text about world evangelism. And it tells us that we should go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. We need to understand our purpose. And we need to work together as a team to accomplish it. Today, we're privileged to have guests that are missionaries in the Dominican Republic. But they know that just because they're working with the fish over there in the Dominican, that does not free them of the responsibility for the fish that are here in America. And that means we have to know that just because we give to missionaries like that, doing a work over there, that does not free us from the responsibility right here at home. To be fishers of men. We can't say, well, I'm doing my fishing work through the missionary. No, 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 no. We as a team are getting it done over there while we're getting it done over here. We need to be doing at home what we expect them to do on their field. May God help us. Because we think we are good followers of, of Jesus when we feel we're in close proximity in His presence. But that's only the first part. We also 
not only would we need to be willing to follow, we need to be willing to forsake. Are there things in your life that wouldn't please the Lord? Are there things you need to forsake and get out of the way so you can be more effective for God? It's a call to fish. Are there people around you that God has placed in your little world, your cosmos, your sphere of influence? People that will be more prone to listen to you than they would even to me or these missionaries. And God wants you to be the fishers of men in their life. Are you casting the hook? Are you throwing out that net? Are you trying to get them for the Lord? May God help us. Today, if you haven't been, today, let's answer the call. The call to follow because it's such a joy to be in His presence. The call to forsake because there are things that hold us back and get in our way. The call to fish because Jesus sees them and their need of salvation as much as He saw us and ours. And God wants you to be instrumental in someone else coming to Him to be saved. He's waiting. God wants to use you that way. Would you answer the call to fish? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, how we love you today. How we thank you this morning for this family who's answered the call. Lord, I pray you'd help all of us in our way, in our world. Lord, in in our routine, in our life, that we too might answer the call. Lord, this is something that we have to remind ourselves of daily. This is something that we have to continue in. It doesn't happen just once. So help us, Lord, to say yes, to answer the call today, to follow, to forsake, and to fish. In Jesus' name we pray.